members of the PHFFL. What is going on? Commissioner Conlon here coming at you from Tuck's Hub. Guess who's back? Back again. The Race 3 Podcast back. Tell a friend. That's right. We're back. We're on the airwaves again. I'm pumped up about it. It's Thursday night. Here we are back down in Tuck's Pub. I'm back in my natural habitat, bellied up at the bar here at Tuck's Pub. And I'm excited to bring you another episode of the Race to Three podcast. Before we get started and get into anything, we're going to get right into it. We got to crack a cold one. Oh yeah, that is a cold one indeed. Wet the whistle quick. Ah, that's good. That is good. So I'm still riding that Oktoberfest train. And you're probably thinking to yourself, Commissioner Conlon, typically when you're riding that Oktoberfest train, we don't get that nice cracking sound that you get from a can. Usually, you know, you're you're popping open a bottle instead. That's because I found myself a left-hand brewing Oktoberfest that's actually in the can. So best of both worlds. I get to still wet my whistle with a little Oktoberfest this time of year. Plus, I get the cracking sound. Going to wet it again here real quick. Ah, yes, that tastes good. Tastes real good. So, a couple things. But one, really, I mean, uh, I've been thinking about this. I've meant to mention it on past episodes. I don't know when you guys, you listeners out there, when you guys consume this with this content, when, when you're listening to it, um, if you listen to it at all, but I don't know when you do, those that listen, are you listening to it on your commute? Are you listening to it while maybe you're at work? Are you maybe, maybe you're going to go for a run. Maybe you're going to pump some iron. Maybe you want to listen to the Race 3 podcast while you're working out. Don't know if it'd be the best thing to work out to, but different strokes for different folks. You You might choose to do that. What I like to think and where I like to imagine our listeners, when I'm cracking a cold one, when a guest co-host is here cracking a cold one with me, I like to thank when you guys are listening to the Race 3 podcast, you're winding down for the night, you're sitting down, and you're cracking a cold one as well, enjoying one with me as we go through everything you need to know in the PHFFL. Speaking of co-hosts, no co-hosts this week, just me, flying solo again give you guys a little little peek ahead so right now my people they're working with we'll keep them keep them anonymous right now we'll we'll keep it we'll keep you keep you in suspense for who potentially the next co-host could be but my people are working with their people trying to figure out the logistics of how we can bring another co-host to you guys next week on the race three podcast but for now we got to get into the night show and tonight's show, where I want to start out, is with a little housekeeping item. So we haven't had a housekeeping item for a while. You know, you guys all got paid up. That was great. That was good. I didn't have to keep harping on you guys. Now, there's another thing that I need to bring up and speak to the league. And that all has to do, don't really want to talk about this show. It's the only thing that everyone's ever talking about, it seems like, these days. But unfortunately, it is impacting our league, so I am going to tackle it and discuss it tonight on the show. And that's being the impact that COVID-19 may have or may not have on the powerhouse fans football league. So 
many of you guys saw, I'm sure, on Sunday, I sent out a little note saying, hey, FYI, apparently I wasn't, I was too consumed by the Bucks playing the Bears last week. And after that unfortunate loss, I was grieving too much. I was not on top of it, was not on top of the news of what they had going on our chosen platform of ESPN and what updates they've made to help support our league and try to continue to support us as we go through this year. And to me, I think that was a big update of them allowing us to expand the IR spots. So I went ahead, I pulled the trigger on that, going from the traditional two IR spots that we have here in the Powerhouse Fans Football League to four. And the only reason I did that and the whole purpose around doing that is the idea to give the owners as much flexibility as possible. So this is a dynasty league. You guys all know the last thing I want to see happen is an owner's back up against the wall where they have a handful. They have a few players that are dealing with, uh, are they going to play this week? Aren't they going to play? Ultimately, maybe don't play, get ruled out altogether because of COVID canceling the game. I don't want you guys having to cut prospects, people that you rather have on your bench, people that you're trying to trying to hide away for, for a season or two down the road. I don't want you guys having to go out there and cut key prospects that you guys are working on. So hopefully extending this out to four IR spots, hopefully that gives everyone a little more roster flexibility in season to be able to fill out those rosters without having to cut ties with anybody. Um, and the last other thing I guess I'll unpack on this, and actually I'll just go ahead and, and I'll open up the ESPN article and make sure I try to cover and summarize it all up the, the best I can. Um, you know, I'm part of the, I'm part on this podcast as a host now. I mean, I'm part of the, the media now. So it's part of my duties and responsibilities to just get out there and spread some misinformation. So I'm sure I'll do a terrible job summarizing this article. It's long, but I'll go ahead, add to some more confusion, add some more misinformation. See if we can't get you guys something you can hang your hats on here. Um, essentially, what this article says, we've already had this happen a couple of times, but essentially if a game is pushed out and it's played on a Tuesday as opposed to a Monday or Sunday, essentially they're just going to count that Tuesday night to be part of that week. So that just happened this past week with the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. So that just counted as a week five game as opposed to week six. Another thing that this impacts and will impact tonight's show, since this is a Thursday night, that then causes waivers to run another 24 hours past when they usually would. So another day past when they usually would. So for us, our waiver wire typically transacts on Thursday morning. I would come on here. I would go to... I'm going to tip my hat to Mouth Daddy. He calls this segment Transaction Corner. I like that. I, I like that a lot. I'm going to use that going forward. We're going to go in Transaction Corner, go over transactions tonight. He'll, I don't even know if we're going to cover transactions because waiver wire has not ran yet. Because of this Tuesday night game, our waiver wire is going to run on Friday. Where this might get a little bit dicey, they have a little asterisk here that Hey, typically that's fine. This week it is going to be fine because that Bills Chief Thursday night game that was supposed to happen tonight has now been pushed to Monday. They note here, however, to say heads up if you're running a waiver wire that would process on Friday and there's a Thursday night game, 
if any of those people, regardless if they were on your bench or not, if any of those people that were on your roster um, that are involved in transactions, so let's just say hypothetically, let's say Bills, Chiefs are playing tonight. Let's say hypothetically you had, let's think of someone that's on that could be potentially cuttable. Let's say you got Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver, Chiefs on your squad, and you've decided, hey, I'm done with this guy. I want to cut ties. I want to pick somebody up. If that Thursday night game then runs, Demarcus Robinson, he would then be locked into your roster until the following week, and that transaction would not go through. So keep that in mind as we go forward. Hopefully that's never an impact. Hopefully that doesn't matter. If we get into a situation where we have a Tuesday night push and we still have a Thursday night and our waivers will run on Friday, I will look into to see if we can bump up our waivers by a day, probably turn it out to the league to get a vote. Um, as I continue to go through this, um, really nothing else. I got a little tidbit that's been the most common question that I've gotten that I'll save for the mailbag segment of this portion. But till we get there, that's my spiel with what we got going. You got four extra IR spots. Use them wisely. Um, other than that, I'd mentioned before, too, we're going to go with the start at your own risk mindset and methodology. So a lot of you guys had to do that with this past Tuesday night game, whether it was Derek Henry, Janu Smith, Josh Allen, whoever it may have been, Stefan Diggs. I mean, there was key, key players in this Tuesday night game that ended up happening. You guys had to make decision to start at your own risk decision of, hey, do I want to play somebody that's for sure playing on Sunday or Monday night and lock in those points? Or were you willing to roll the dice, hoping there was no one else that tested positive and they were able to get that game going on Tuesday? Luckily for all those that did make that gamble, the roll of the dice, the, the dice hit the way you'd want them to, and you were able to get those fantasy points on Tuesday night. With that, we will scoot right on over to Transaction Corner. Anticipate this being light, but I'll come in here. Get into the ESPN application, pulling it up, get into the recent activity, and we'll see if there is anything that I, I, I can bring you guys. So last thing, time we would have been on, Dan and I would have covered all the ones that transact last Thursday. So I'll start looking here on Saturday, and there is one I want to start with highlighting right away, and that is the guy that gave me the name of transaction corner mouth daddy himself team name still to be determined i think we need to i mean we're getting past due on that mouth daddy let's try to get that thing determined he went ahead he dropped the defense um nothing to really highlight there but he did go out and get himself a guy that was just drafted in this most recent PHFFL rookie draft, I believe a second round pick. Don't quote me on that. I'm assuming likely a second round pick. And that is Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts. So he's a guy where there was good buzz surrounding him. There was a decent amount of hype or drumbeat, if you will, around his abilities and potentially his pairing with a Phillip Rivers at quarterback, old man Phil at quarterback. None of that really came to fruition through the three weeks that he had played, and he is now on the IR. 
I admittedly, let's scroll down here. Looks like he was just placed on the IR. Oh, shit, I guess that's been a couple weeks now, uh, October 3rd with a leg injury. Um, taking a look here, see if I can't get you guys any actual information on how long he's out for, if it's a short-term, long-term thing. Looks like right here there's no specific timetable on his return. But I'll go ahead and say this. I like the pickup. Go ahead. Sack, sack them away, especially if we got extended IR spots right now. I mean, Malkdad, I know you were you against, I mean, many of owners, but I know you were up against it because of some of the COVID that was going on. You can go ahead, drop him on your IR, IR slot, see if he develops, becomes a player that you can't utilize maybe a year or two down the road. I like that pickup there. Let's continue to scroll through here, see if there's anything else really of value that I want to bring to you guys. Um, lo looks like, Alan even looks like things I want to highlight people had already picked up. I see uh, Dirty Van Super Ponders had picked and has already cut ties for Teddy Two Gloves. Um, I mean, Malk Daddy goes out. I guess I'll highlight this to be determined. Okay, just trying to keep that number one rank for most most, most uh, transactions in a season. He's doing a good job at that. He goes and he gets himself another Colts wide receiver who is active right now, that being Zach Pascal. Not a bad pickup potential there of the ball has to go somewhere in Indianapolis, right? So maybe he gets involved. Looking back on this last week, his involvement was only two catches for 15 yards on the two targets, caught everything. The week before, maybe that's when you raise your eyes a little bit and you get a little excited about his eight targets, ultimately only turned that into 8.8 .8 fantasy points that week, 10.9 being his highest on the season. So it will be interesting to see if he becomes someone that is viable for you or if he's just a guy that you ultimately end up cutting and putting back on the waiver wire. Keep scrolling through here. Yeah, the, the only other ad drops I see here, people went ahead and they cut them. I mean, hell, you guys only held on to some of these guys for roughly three days, not even in some of these instances you cut. The only person, the only other person that's stuck and st stuck is show me where your shit from. Jake, you know, he must have felt bad cutting his teams, the Vikings quarterback and Kirk Cousins, me and Dan's touched on that a little bit last week. And Jake must be ready to take a little more Pepto, a little more Pepto-Bismol and goes out there and picks up Kirk Cousins and is willing to stomach and see what Kirk can do for him in the Powerhouse Fans Football League. I will say this, coming up, he does have himself a nice matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons defense thus far has not been able to stop anybody. That's no surprise to anybody listening. Falcons have struggled defensively late. This could be a solid pickup for the week. Once we get into the look ahead, we'll take a look, Jake, and see if this is a streaming option for you this week. Other than that, that is, uh, that is all I really want to highlight on the transaction corner this week, and we'll shift it right on over to the mailbag. As always, mailbox it is just completely chalked full. I mean, it's tough sifting through this. Um, I'm going to try to pick out the ones that are most relevant at tonight's show and uh, recency to it. If 
if you have questions for Commissioner Conlin, if you have questions for the co-host that's on for that night, if you need opinion, whether it's fantasy advice, any advice you might potentially need, go ahead, write in. We'll try to get you prioritized on the stack stacked inbox and get your questions answered. The first place we're going to start just because it parlays so well off of our housekeeping item around the, the impact of COVID, what ESPN is doing to try to help us out, what we're trying to do here with flexibility of the rosters to allow you guys to put people on IR. This was a common question I got, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put in this mailbag question. Um, this specific one I'm going to go ahead and read out. This came from the owner and GM of Centers Like Me, Daniel Lawford himself. He wrote in and he asked, why can't we put the New England and Denver players on IR? Question mark. And I do understand the confusion around that. So I release on Sunday saying, hey, players impacted by COVID. You can go ahead, you can nest them on this IR spot so you can slot in some other people. Unfortunately, with that said, there are some contingencies around it. Again, I'll try to highlight this the best I can without causing more confusion. Essentially, what it boils down to, though, is if the game, so that game was moved, and essentially that was deemed to be now their bye week. So if it is deemed to be their bye week, they're going to treat that as any other kind of buy, whether it was scheduled or unscheduled. If that's deemed to be their bye week, that's simply all it is. They are listed as on buy for the week. They're not eligible for an IR slot. Now, let's say, for instance, let's say for whatever reason, down the road, New England and Denver, one of their games again, maybe their opponent has positive tests and they're not able to play again that week at that point in time that team will have been impacted twice by this so their bye weeks already full any games would be missed in the future for either of those two given teams they will go ahead and they have i don't know what des what tag they're going to tag this stuff with it's all in that freaking article I, I sent out essentially they will give them a designation tag of i think it's ppd for postponed once they're slapped with that, that person will then be IR eligible. So hopefully that summarizes it up. Hopefully that didn't cause too much confusion. Essentially, once a player is impacted more than once with schedule changes for it, they will be IR eligible. I'm sure some of that shit's going to still get a little tricky because I'm sure what will happen is what we've seen happening is I will push the game to Monday night. I will push it to Tuesday night. So we'll see what happens. Again, it's there to try to help us have some flexibility Hopefully, it ends up doing more harm than good. Get in here, pull out another one. Uh, this this is a great one. Not so much a question, but a clarification is what we had here. So, the owner and GM of Hungry, Horny, and He He Henry, he, you know, there was some confusion amongst Dan and I last week. We weren't 100% sure where that name came from, if it was a pop culture reference or how Quinn dreamt this team name up. Uh, he, Quinn, he writes in, he says, no pop culture reference on my team. 
uh, no, no pop culture reference on my team name. Just a big fan of alliteration and wanted to hear you say, he, he, Henry. Need some more enthusiasm next time, though, he says. Hopefully that was enough. I don't know how I'm supposed to say it, I guess. Maybe hungry, horny, and he, he, Henry. I don't know. That's the best I can do. We're, 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 we're stretching when we're asking me to pronounce team names or to give team names uh, a, a certain way. But it is what it is. Uh, so that, there you have it, folks. No pop culture reference. Just Quinn's imagination and his love for alliteration. If you are like me, you are not a sculptor of young minds like Quinn is. I, I did not know what the hell alliteration meant. So I went ahead and I used my good old friend Google to get alliteration definition. And uh, it will give you the exact definition here. The occurrence of the same letter or sound at the beginning of adjacent or closely connected words. So apparently Quinn is a big fan of the same letter being in every word. And he does accomplish that there with the team name Hungry, Horny, and he, he, Henry. With that, we're going to go ahead, close down the mailbag. That's good. That's great. Keep the questions, keep the comments coming. Um, and it's time to get in to the meat of tonight's show. And as always, the meat of tonight's show is brought to you by TNT Barbecue. You know, they say all meat matters. I won't argue that. You guys probably won't argue that. No one's going to argue that. All meat matters. But to me, Actions speak louder than words. And if all meat truly matters, then leave the meat smoking, the meat barbecuing to TNT Barbecue. TNT Barbecue. This ain't no all meat matters barbecue. This is TNT Barbecue. Our meat is dynamite. Let's go ahead, open up the platter, and see what TNT Barbecue was so gracious to cook us up. On tonight's Race of Three podcast. Ah, yes, this looks much, much more familiar as opposed to that out of season, out of holiday turkey we had last week. This this has to be a nice, big, reverse seared tomahawk steak. It, it looks good. It looks downright delicious. Back into the regular cadence of the show with a rewind looking back on week five who were winners who were losers can't mock commissioner conlin for his picks i didn't make any picks last week i went ahead took a week off from it had to get back into a good headspace so i could come and deliver this week on the week week six preview and give you guys some good picks and advice but let's go ahead and jump into that week five rewind <laughs> All right, I'm on the scoreboard going through this. This feels good to be bringing the recap of the previous week back to you guys. And the first one we're going to get into, man, this thing was a barn burner. It was a shootout. A lot of points put up in here by two respectable teams. And this showdown, this throwdown was against Hungry, Horny, and He He Henry versus the Dirty Van Super Punters. Uh, Hungry Horny and Hee Hee Henry, they edge out the Dirty Van Super Punters here. 
to the tune of 149.75 to 134.55. So not, not a bad matchup at all. Let's open it up here, actually get into this box score and see what analysis, see if we can break down what happened in this game. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll start with who won this matchup with Hungry Horny and Hee Hee Henry. Uh, first thing scanning through, I'll look at is he had great production this week for the most part out of his wide receivers. So, I mean, really across his whole squad, it was consistent and did well, but specifically out of his wide receivers. So the first one I'll highlight is a guy that just last week I went ahead and I called him, called him a shell of his former self, that being Emmanuel Sanders now a saint. So this has to make Quinn double happy. Um, maybe, maybe I need to eat my words a little bit. So I said he had looked like a shell of his former self looking up, pulling up his stats right now. I mean, this is three straight weeks now where we went north of 15 points um, in week five against the Chargers. Really, really blew up with 12 catches for 122 yards on 14 targets. So you got to like seeing that, Quinn. Uh, that pulls in 24.2 points for you. You got to like getting that production out of this out of the flex position especially when you get that production from your favorite team there in the saints um will be interesting or i'll be interested to see does this production with emmanuel sanders continue got to imagine they're going into a week six five so obviously you won't have this next week but when they hit the road or actually they'll be at home against carolina the panthers the panthers team is playing better than many anticipated with Michael Thomas being back, I mean, that's a big thing in the equation here. Once Michael Thomas gets back, do we can continue to see this level of Emmanuel Sanders? Um, I don't know. I've been wrong on him thus far. So I'll just bite my tongue and kind of wait to see what happens. But he was definitely the catalyst. What ended up being a big week for Hungry Horny and he, Henry this week. Let's continue to unpack another guy that had a huge, huge day with 29.3 points is Adam Thielen. So, I opened this up and, you know, we, we didn't give him nearly, nearly as much justice last week. I had just glazed over on, over him on the quarter season review. Um, the guy's position ranked right now, number two at wide receiver. So I don't know if that shocks you guys, but it certainly shocks me seeing that right now. He's averaging a healthy 21 points a game. You get in and you look, I mean, he's had, Two weeks, I guess, that weren't great where he only had three catches. One of those weeks, he at least pulled down a tutty with it. So he was underneath 12 points or 12.3 points for two weeks. Other than that, we have a week one just blow up against the Packers with 31, 26.2 dropped against Houston in week four. And then most importantly, the game we're recapping against Seahawks in what I thought was just a tremendous, tremendous game between the Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings, he went ahead and he did his part with nine catches, 80 yards for two tutties, getting pulling himself down 29.3 points. Quinn, you got to like that. Between him and Sanders, that really got your party going and was your party for the most part. I mean, Parker held his own with a solid 13 points. Derrick Henry wasn't the most efficient runner on that rare Tuesday night football. I mean, I'll pause there. It was weird having football on Tuesday night. 
but I didn't hate it. I loved it. The only thing I don't love about it is now I don't got my Thursday night game that I would love to sit down and watch here in a couple hours or so. But, you know, I'll, I'll take it. We, we got an extra rare game you don't typically get. But uh, Derrick Henry, he went ahead. He found Pader two times. That really saves and salvages his day. Other than that, we were only averaging three yards carry for a good 57 yards wasn't wasn't great kind of surprising especially with the game script of that i did not personally see the tennessee titans just whipping up on the bills like they did especially after missing practice like they've had the past few weeks um other than that i mean things look great in that starting lineup for you this week i will will go down to your bench because there's a few things i want to highlight so dan and i had touched on or mentioned you had some people on your bench that you just weren't getting good breaks from that being Marvin Jones, that being T.Y. Hilton, that being Brandon Cooks. Well, Marvin Jones was out last week. T.Y. Hilton, he went north. He went double-digit points, got you damn near 13. That you can live with. At least we have a heartbeat there. The one that's got to make you really excited. And really, you had the Texans bench, uh, stack on your bench there. Brandon Cooks, he had himself a day with 30.1 points. Bill Bryan is no longer there. Maybe, maybe that's why. So eight catches. 161 yards and a tutty for 30 points your boy Deshaun Watson got himself 34.45 good, good, good maybe good days ahead there for your Houston stack I hope so for the sake of your squad um, and I would be remiss if I did not cover another guy that just had a huge blow up week a rookie there in Pittsburgh I'm sure your opponent, Nick, being the Steelers fan he is, I mean, I'm sure Chase Claypool is no stranger to him. He won himself and had himself a day throwing up 42.6 points, seven catches, 110 yards on three tutties. I don't know if we're going to continue to see that. I'm sure you could talk to your opponent that you defeated and ask him if Chase, Chase Claypool is here to stay or not. For me, he passes the eye test. He is a big, large, athletic freak and go up and get the ball. He's a guy you got to be excited about after this past week. Let's turn over to the Dirty Van Super Punters. What what sunk the ship for you? I mean, admittedly, your squad, it's tilted really strong. You put up 134 points. Teddy Duke, Teddy Two Gloves there. Uh, I, I like the move there. I mean, you, you weren't going to risk not having a quarterback on Tuesday night ball, so you pulled the trigger on Teddy against that terrible Atlanta defense that we had already highlighted. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you're rewarded for it, so he would have been your highest quarterback score regardless of who you chose to roll with, giving you 27.95. So nice work out of you there. Nice managing of the team and dealing with the situation. Uh, and you had that with the stack of Robbie Anderson. So Robbie Anderson has been more than consistent for your squad this year. So he's easily looking to me like Teddy Two Gloves, number one target. I mean, we're north of 100 yards on the year three out of five opportunities we had and one of those opportunities he was at 99 so and you could argue he was pretty much four out of the five weeks that he's had over 100 yards he's out of new york he's looking good there in his new home in carolina other than that only thing i other things i want to highlight calvin ridley was back to doing calvin ridley things so we had noted he dropped a goose egg on you the week before which is tough to swallow he got back into the business of catching the ball there in Atlanta to the tune of eight catches and 136 yards. That's got to make happy to see him back and cooking. And really, so it's like, all right, this has been all positive. We lost the game, what sunk the ship. And unfortunately, 
And, you know, Dan, he, he brought it to light uh, last week. He said, who the hell is Logan Thomas? If I'm not mistaken, he's a former quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. If I'm not, not, not lying, I feel like he was a quarterback at one point in time. Uh, he's a tight end now for the Washington Redskins. And I get it. You got Noah Fant. You have him on the IR. So he, he's sitting that IR spot for you. Robert Townian, your waiver wire pickup and Dan were raving about last week. He was on by, so you had to turn somebody. The guy you turned to there and Logan Thomas, he's unfortunately sunk your ship with only 1.4 points scored. That's rough. Hopefully you can get that tight end spot scored away going forward. Better days ahead for sure. Let's move on to the next matchup here. Get back to the scoreboard. It's buffering. I'll wet my whistle. Ah, that's good. That is good. We're still buffering here. So now I got to figure out what to ablib it about. And I'll tell you what I'll ablib about. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll bake it in a few other times throughout the show. But my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I got to imagine it is Fox's game of the week. We'll be going against Tom Binkins and Ben Nielsen's Green Bay Packers. I'm already getting chased up about it. I'm already thinking about what I'm going to throw on the grill for that game this week. Uh, ben, Tommy, if there is some kind of wager you want to throw out there, go ahead, hit me up. You know I'm you know I'm a degenerate. You know I'm a gambling man. We can figure out how we want to bet. I still got buffering issues, so just bear with me here. Going to give the page a good old refresh, see if we can't get, get into these box scores. Tell you what, that damn, that damn Mediacom. Pain in my ass sometimes. I hope they're listening to this. If Mediacom, you're listening, you ain't ever going to have a sponsorship here on the Race 3 podcast. I mean, you're just you're just leaving me out high and dry right now. Don't like it. Doesn't make me happy. Looks like it's back clicking. I'm getting back in the scoreboard off of week six, back into that rewind into week five. Scroll down. Let's get into this next matchup that featured, featured our defending PHFFL champion in the OBJYN versus the co-host from last week, Dan's center like me. I got to make sure I start integrating that centers like me dropping here a little bit more. You know, we went through the work and hassle to build it. We, we ought to use it. So let's open this up and see. So the OBJYN, they win pretty handily here to the tune of 150.6 to 112.2. And I mean, really for, me, I'll start. I'll start with Ben's team. Really shocking what he's been able to do with with the halfback situ- situation. So, I mean, we all obviously know that Saquon Barkley he had the unfortunate injury. Uh, he also had to pair usually as Aaron Jones, a great back in his own right. Usually as Aaron Jones holding down one of those spots. Packers were on by this that past week. He did not have that. Didn't have that to lean on. So what does he do? He flexes his GM muscles and he goes ahead and he plugs Miles Gaskin, halfback of the Miami Dolphins in that roster. He gets the tune of 20.1 points. So I don't think that's what you're expecting to get when you plug Gaskin in the lineup. But by God, it ended up being a good play and what ultimately ended up being an absolute route of the Dolphins over the 49ers. So didn't see that one coming. Mike Davis, I mean, you gotta you gotta be loving that. So I'm interested to see. Christian McCaffrey, I'm pretty sure he's not back yet again this week. So you get another at least one week of 
this kind of production, I would imagine, out of Mike Davis, probably a little bit of a revenge game in his mind coming up, going against his former team, the Chicago Bears. But he actually gave you the best game to date that he's had with 29.9 points. Again, we are going against that Falcons D that just can't stop anybody. Scanning through, I, I, you know, we were talking about who's the schmuck, who's not the schmuck. I was talking shit on last week's podcast that Carlton Davis the third was going to lock down Allen Robinson, wasn't going to be a good play for you. He went ahead. He, th- he threw up 19 points. So, I mean, shit, Nick Foles. I wouldn't know if anyone else was on the field because he got the tune of 16 targets, uh, parlaying that to 10 catches for 90 yards. That's good for 19 points. Really scanning through. Everyone else did about what you'd expect them to do for your squad. Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes things with 37.1. Flip it over, pivot it over to centers like me. First thing, go ahead, highlight Stefan Diggs. Dan did roll the dice. He said, hey, you know, if I'm going to take down the defending champ, I need to have my boys. I'm going to go ahead and bank on Stefan Diggs playing on Tuesday night. And boy, did he play to the tune of 20.6 points. 10 catches, 106 yards. I mean, he's been nothing but short of phenomenal there. Position ranked five on the year with Josh Allen and that Buffalo Bills squad. Your boy, your franchise quarterback, he picked up on the waiver wires a few weeks ago. Justin Herbert continues to impress with what has been his best performance to date against New Orleans Saints. Maybe the Saints defense isn't what I anticipated it being, but boy, does Herbert throw a pretty deep ball going ahead and slaying it out there for four touchdowns, which is good for 38 points. Um, and, I mean, honestly, it, it's surprising because Keenan Allen, so who the OBJ Wyan had, he went out early after a touchdown catch, so he continued to throw three touchdowns after the fact. Uh, Dan, I mean, kind of what sunk your ship. I mean, the halfback, those halfback spots, I mean, it, it's been rough. It's been tough sled. I mean, you had highlighted that last week. Cam Akers, McKissick only combined for 16 points. That's rough. You're not going to win a lot of games when that's coming out of your halfback slot. Also, the 49ers defense, you probably thought you had yourself a good stream defense, just good defense in general against the Dolphins. That was not the case on Sunday with the negative two, hopefully better days ahead ahead there. Let's move on to another matchup we had of the Tomcats versus Show Me Where You Shit From. So, this ended up being a low-scoring game here in the league, but nonetheless, Tomcats come out on top, 106.15 to 97.35. The Tomcats, they go ahead and they push their record to 4-1, and one, doing that on the back of ultimately my eyes. A few players, one, Derek Carr. Derek Carr had led the Raiders to a big upset against Kansas City Chiefs. He was good for 33.45 points on Sunday. C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb, I mean, this was your first-round pick from the rookie draft. And the guy, I mean, he's been paying dividends for you thus far. I mean, he is a wide receiver one to date at a position rank 11, averaging 17.1 points. Has himself his second biggest day thus far with eight catches for 124 yards against the Giants. A lot of that, and I guess I don't know what the breakdown is. Obviously, Dak Prescott, unfortunately, had that ugly injury there. C.D. Lamb continued to produce with Andy Dalton, and I would assume some of that stat line came with Andy Dalton. Gets you 20.4, maybe makes that start a little shakier. 
going forward, you'll have to you have to decide I mean, how comfortable you feel with Andy Dalton. Maybe wait a week to see that connection, especially when you got the wide receivers you have. Uh, and speaking of that last one, I'll highlight Robert Woods. Again, the always underrated Robert Woods. He was good for 17 points, coming on four catches, 71 yards, and a tutty that was going good for you that day. Moving over to show me where you shit from. I mean, just just tough, tough sledding here. But I mean, you made you made some good moves out there. I'll I'll, I'll t- say that. So you also rolled the dice. AJ Brown was able to go on Tuesday night, first game back from injury, and AJ Brown. I mean, he looked solid. It was AJ Brown you were hoping you were going to have through the first few games this week, putting up 21 points on seven catches with a tutty, nine targets. Looks to be Ryan Tannehill's favorite target there. And you had some some other good, sneaky, good start. So Justin Jackson, we had highlighted last week. We thought that was a good pickup off the waiver wire from the eye test to me. I mean, that looked good. He had 4.7 yards a pop, good for 14.4 points for you. I think you'll take that more weeks than not. Uh, what I don't like is that you also had to roll Joshua Kelly, the other halfback there in Charger world. So you were essentially rolling the dice. You didn't know which one of these halfbacks were going to pop. You said, let's go ahead and throw both of them in there, and I'll catch one of them popping. My suggestion going forward, I and mean, I guess we'll get there when we get into the week six preview, but Justin Jackson is probably your guy, at least from my standpoint, what I saw from the eye test. Last thing I'll highlight, Daryl Henderson. So I believe you invested a rookie pick in him last year. He went ahead and actually had himself a good day this week. So second or his best week of the year so far. Um, and a lot of that was because of two touchdowns. The majority of that was through two touchdowns. So one on the ground and one to the air. But it does highlight his versatility. Hopefully he can carve out a good role there in L.A. I know it's kind of been a carousel of who the halfback's going to be between Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson. Hopefully for your sake, Daryl Henderson can carve out that spot. We're just going to go down the bench a little bit. A guy that was impressive, and I understand why you didn't roll him this week because he was questionable. Didn't even know if he's going to go. Mike Williams, I mean, he looked good on the end of some of those deep balls from Justin Herbert, so catching 27.9 points. He, I mean, he played himself a hell of a game. At this point, I mean, you're just trying to hang on at that 1-4 and four record. You're just hanging up for air until you can get Michael Thomas back, who you should have coming back after the bye. On to the next game. We have a Jerry's Kids first Nasty Nate's Great Showdown. Uh, Jerry's Kid best Nasty Nate's Great here. So uh, Chad Thompson, he manages his team to 120.7 points. Nasty Nate Great's 103.3. Let's open up this box score. Let's unpack what happened. And first thing I'm going to highlight, you typically don't win a lot of games when one of your two halfbacks put up 0.6 points and that's unfortunately exactly what happened with you with Ito Smith here so I don't know if there was an injury or if you just didn't get the ball a lot looks like he just didn't get the ball a lot must have been the Todd Gurley show only two two carries for six yards that's unfortunate when you have to plug that in your number two but your boy Zeke Elliott he made sure that you still had yourself a day so Zeke was good for 23.5 points. I got to imagine with Dak Prescott out, the shift goes back a little bit more to Zeke. The efficiency and scoring opportunities might not be as strong as it typically has been with Dak there, but I think essentially you'll break net-net even there. Um, 
you rolled that double tight end. So I always kind of pee-poo the double tight end. You went ahead and rolled it and it paid dividends. So Mark Andrews, I mean, he, he, he's your man. Mandrews got 17.6 points. The good one I want to highlight here is Janu Smith. So 21 points he put up. I mean, he's already had his buy in here due to the COVID thing in week four. He's sitting position rank four right now at tight end, looking like a physical freak and a dominant tight end, putting up 21 points. That last touchdown against the Bills, that that, that was one surprising that they decided to throw it at that point. And two, a little suspect. You know, I, I, I thought Josh was past that line of scrimmage. Apparently not. Gets himself a second touchdown for 21 points. Nice there, proving me wrong, showing me the tight end stack can indeed work. Move it over, Nasty Nate's great. Um, 103.3, what, what went well, what went wrong? Uh, what went wrong, I'll tell you, is essentially Deontay Johnson. He only had himself 0.8 fantasy points. Um I don't know. It looks like he had one catch for negative two yards. Not the stat line you'd like to see here. I honestly don't know if there was injury there or not, or if it was just a Chase Claypool show and that was a result of it. Um, and Hayden Hurst in your tight end spot, he had an unfortunate day only get bringing in 2.8 points. But I mean, really, it's who you got to roll with with tight ends. So you did what you had to do. Positives on this squad, Jamison Crowder, I mean, he had himself a very good day. I mean, he's been a more than capable wide receiver with Jets. I mean, the Jets are just a dumpster fire, right? I mean, he's playing rising above that, rising above the dumpster fire, position rank 24. Uh, he got you 25.6 points this last week, so you got to like that. Uh, continue to scroll through. Last thing I'll highlight, David Montgomery against my Buccaneers. He did, he did solid from a fantasy perspective. So, I mean, he went ahead and got 18.9 points, seven catches. You got like that. You know, I always harp on halfbacks to get your catches, give you a high high floor. He did just that for you there, and he, he got in the end zone, get you that nice 18.9. Overall, wasn't enough for the victory. Solid win out of you, Chadillac. Let's get on to the next matchup. This one was a girlies gone wild W at 128.5 over 2B determined 81.5. So Malk Daddy, we'll start with his team. He just unfortunately did not have a lot going for him this week other than hashtag Russ Cooks, other than Mr. Unlimited or whatever the hell he was saying in that weird video this offseason. But Mr. Unlimited has been more than accurate to describe his performance this season. So 32.65, just an awesome touchdown drive to, to put a cap on this thing. Uh, only problem was that touchdown went to Gurley Gons wild boy, DK Metcalf, but we'll get that into a bit. End of the day, averaging 40 points on the season, pulls down a nice 32 for me there. After that, I mean, I don't know. There's not much else to highlight, so I know the – IR was full for you with four people. So Corey Davis was on there. Nick Chubb was on there. Julio Jones, Michael Pittman Jr. You had three guys, four guys on on buys with uh, Detroit being on a planned buy and then New England having that unfortunate, unscheduled buy in there. End of the day, I mean, not a whole lot you can do. I will say this. So, I mean, you had a rare week where a lot of people were hurt and were on buys. And then on top of the people you rolled, out there they just did not perform so cooper and juju only combining for 10 points that's not going to happen very often 
We already highlighted Daryl Henderson was the back to have this week. And for the Rams, you had Malcolm Brown rolling. That was only good for the tune of 3.4. Certainly better days ahead for the two to be determined squad. Let's get on to the winner. Overcoming, losing, who I'd said is arguably the fantasy MVP this year and Dak Prescott. So luckily for you, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, he's been looking good this year. He's sitting on your bench. You should be able to plug and play and get along just fine with Tannehill. Um, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, I've been down on Gurley, but he, he's proved me wrong thus far at this point. So position ranked 11, getting you 25 last week, looked good. 14 carries, 121 yards, I man, that's 8.6 yards pop, plus getting work in the passing game. That has to make you happy at the end of the day. Get that work in the passing game, get that floor built up, built in. Um, wide receivers, so wide receivers outside of who DK Metcalf, who just looks to be an absolute stud. Other than that, wide receivers were rough, to say the least, with DJ Shark and A.J. Green only getting in there and getting a combined 4.6 points. And then, I mean, you rised up, you, you got through the rubble, and you got yourself in the victory lane to get to 3-2. and Going to finish it up here. Another high-scoring shootout. We had my squad, the boys of fall versus Wham, Bam, Thank You, Cam. Alex Vitzum himself, I was victorious, 154.8 to 131.75. Come down here, Thursday night football, it started out rough for me, putting a goose egg in my lineup with Scotty Miller. That's going to happen sometime. And they, the rest of my team, they, they, they elevated, they made up for that zero point. So Camaro and Cook, Cook got hurt, but he was still good for 19.9 points in that first half before he went out. Alvin Kamara continued to do Alvin Kamara things, getting me 19.9 points to match Cook's number. Um, and really, last thing, I guess I'll highlight my squad. T. Kelsey and Kyle Murray both had themselves good days with Kelsey dropping 24.8 and Kyler Murray getting 32.1. That all ended up being good enough to best wham, bam, thank you, Cam. Flip it over to his roster. Um, kind of the same same theme that we had with Gurley's Gone Wild, just not on the winning end of it. But he did. I mean, he threw up 131 points, and he did that overcoming some less than stellar wide receiver play. So Terry McLaurin no longer is his old Ohio State quarterback, the guy there. So they went with Kyle Allen, and he got knocked out. And eventually you saw Alex Smith get put in. That turned out to not be too hot for Terry McLaurin, only getting 5.6 points there. Tyler Boyd having a rough day, 8.2. Cincinnati just couldn't do anything against Baltimore. Looked terrible. But what carried you here in the 131 is what I've been waiting to see out of your squad and what I thought we were going to see more consistently, what I think we'll see more consistently going forward, is your halfbacks all hit right at 20 points. So Chris Carson, I rounded up for him, 19.9. He had himself a good day. Josh Jacobs, 22.5. Miles Sanders leading the way with 23.9. If you can get that kind of consistent production out of your halfbacks going forward, certainly going to be better days ahead. That wraps it up for the rewind portion. Let's take a look ahead to week six. And boy, oh boy, do I really get after it when I'm on those rewinds. I don't know if the Race of Three podcast will ever see a sub 60 minute podcast again. We're, we're pushing right up against that. What do you do? Podcasting's tough. I just get get on rambles and I can't stop. With that, I mean, God, I've been talking so much. I need to wet my whistle and crack another cold one. Please hold.
Ah, yeah, that is good. That is good. Let's get a replacement here in the chamber. Yep, there she be. There she be. All right, week six. Get pumped. Get hyped. Let's get into this here. I'm going to scroll down. I always work bottom up on these things. So starting at the bottom and whew, this is just dumb luck, but we happen to have two bottom dwellers, two basement dwellers and show me where you shit from versus wham, bam, thank you, Cam. So this is a matchup of two, one and four teams, not a place where anybody wants to be. Um, this has a projected Victor of Wham Bam, thank you, Cam, at 108.9 to 84.7. As I eyeball these rosters, um, there's a tight end slot that's not full for Show Me Where You Shit From. There's a defensive slot that's not full for Wham Bam, thank you, Cam. So this line is going to change a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and say net net. The defense and tight end that get plugged in, they'll wash each other out. So I'm assuming. There's going to be some waiver wire transactions we'll see occur tomorrow morning on Friday. TGIF, thank God it's Friday. That'll be nice, huh? Um, so I think we can still stick with about a 24-point spread here. That being Alex as the favorite. Um, I'll go through here, and I'll just try to unpack a few things. I'll try to do it in a bit of a hurry. Cam Newton, he's back. He's back at practice. He's in your lineup. You got like that. I mean, you named your team after him. Hopefully you can go out there and do Cam Newton things. Sifting through the squad, we have a surprise name in here. This one we got to remember, we are off cruise control. So we have a surprise name getting plugged in here with Devontae Freeman. Halfback obviously had been signed by the New York Giants a couple weeks ago. Alex was able to scoop him up on the waiver wire. Um. He, he's got an opponent, the Washington Redskins, where maybe he, he can do a thing or two. So Devontae Freeman, I think, had a decent week last week, if I'm not mistaken, 16.7. I got to imagine if he can replicate that this week, Alex will be happy. Um, and why is he in? Yeah, I said we're off cruise control. So he's got two of his stud halfbacks, Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson, on a bye in the same week. So he's just going to try to put, put, put a little duct tape on that position and get it through. Continuing to roll with Terry McLaurin in – Tyler Boyd, um, the name of the corner escapes me right now in, in, in New York land, but he's actually done a good job at, at shutting down some wide receivers. So it'll be interesting to see if Terry can have an uptick from his down week last week. Tyler Boyd, same thing. I don't think we can see as a shit-tastic performance as we saw Joe Burrow and the Bengals have last week. I'll say better days ahead there. I'm going to flip. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to look and go through Jake's squad. Uh, sifting through here. So tight end, I mean, he has the same thing. So he only rosters one tight end at this point in time. Hunter Henry, who is going to be on a bye. So that's why it's empty right now. I'm Like I said, I'm sure we'll see this get filled tomorrow morning. If not, at least filled by Sunday. Going to scroll through here. Um, that's saying another thing. So Melvin Gordon, he's doing you no good projected for a zero. So I'll tell you what, this is what Melvin Gordon was doing. He was out cracking some cold ones, cracked one too many cold ones, then got behind a wheel car and started speeding like a bat out of hell. Well, that's good for probably an O-dub, and that's good for probably potentially a felony speeding ticket. I don't know the freaking rules in Colorado, but you never know. It could be. Um, so that's not good. You're sitting there with a zero. Luckily for you, 
you do have both Denver halfbacks. So you have Philip Lindsay on the bench there with 12.3. Got to believe you're going to plug him in there. So that spread, we're actually probably sitting at about 12-point spread as I see that. Um, going through the rest of the roster, I mean, you got another guy. Again, you're going against those buys. Mike Thomas on buy. Mike Williams on a buy. You have to drop in. Keelan Cole Jr. Buys are tough. Like I said, we're no longer on cruise control. I'm going to go ahead and set this at a 12-point spread. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the favorite of Wham. Bam. Thank you, Cam. I think he goes two and four. And Jake slides down to one and five. Let's move on to a sinners like me versus Gurley's gone wild matchup. So Gurley's gone wild sitting at a solid three and two. Sinners like me, two and three. Pivotal game for both teams. 117.4 is the favorite projected here. And Gurley's gone wild over sinners like me, 100 points. Uh, I'll scan through here quick. Looks like these rosters are pretty well set and established other than Dan is going to need to get a kicker. I'll go ahead and say that's an eight-point kicker line that we're going to go ahead and give him one on. Uh, that's going to make Gurley's Gone Wild an eight-point favorite. Um, scanning through, I'll be interested to see what Antonio Gibson can do against the New York Giants. So Antonio Gibson was a guy who had a couple good weeks strung back together um, when he had 13 and 22.8 points. Took a step back against the Rams last week with 10.1. Don't know if that has anything to do with the quarterback situation there. I think there's better days ahead. I also think there's better days ahead for DJ Shark, who had down a week last week. Going Detroit's coming in town. I think we're going to get back into the team scoring our DJ Chark. Looks like he's projected to do just under that at 11.8. I think he's going to perform a little bit better. Um, scanning through the rest of the squad. Looks like you're pretty well set. Flip, pivot over to Dan's. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo right now, he has plugged into that starting quarterback slot because his boy, his franchise, Justin Herbert's on by. Jimmy Garoppolo looked poor last week to say put it lightly so uh, if I'm not mistaken we had negative fantasy points sure did negative 0.15 don't like seeing that hopefully you have better days ahead there um, going through your matchups I do like Stefan Diggs against the Chief and what I perceive to be a high scoring game I do like Stefan or Mike Evans against the Packers and what I perceive to be a high scoring game and I do like Justin Jefferson going against what I've already stated several times in the show, a weak Atlanta Falcons defense. Because all of that, I'm going to go ahead and say you cover that eight-point spread this week. Good luck to both of you. On to the next matchup, Dirty Van Super Punters versus Jerry's Kids. And whoo is this not nuts tight right now? So, Projected Jerry's kid, 126.5. The Dirty Van Super Punters, the dog here, 124.6. Commissioner Collins going to adjust the spread as I recognize and realize that Dirty Van Super Punters will fill that defensive slot off the waiver wire. I'm going to go ahead. I'll do the same thing I do with kickers, and I'll just project that at an eight. So let's go ahead and say if this was a two-point spread originally, we now have a six-point favorite Dirty Van Super Punters. Not, not liking these transactions going on Friday. People's rosters aren't set. I'm having to do way too much goddamn math to figure out these spreads. But that is all right. It's good for me. Mental math. Maybe soon I will be able to teach kids this mental math and alliteration and sculpt young minds like Mr. Pell's. Um, back into it. On to the subject. So I will start with Dirty Fan Super Punters. 
Dirty Van Superponner scanning through here. What do I like? What don't I like in these matchups? Um, if I'm going to say I like to just Stefan Diggs play against the Chiefs, then I have to turn around and say I also like the Tyreek Hill play against Buffalo. If I perceive that to be a high-scoring game, then I think he will obviously be a benefactor of that. And shit, a game we highlighted in the last one as well, uh, Minnesota-Atlanta. So if I think Minnesota and if I think Atlanta's defense is terrible, I think Minnesota will get up on them. I think they'll get up on them early. I think that will cause Atlanta and Maddie Isap to sling the rock and Calvin Ridley will be the benefactor there. Chad, let's get to your squad. Um, we've got what matchups do I like? I like seeing Zeke against Arizona. I mean, the guys projected for 21.8 points. We'll be very interested to see what life is like for him without Dak Prescott. Again, I have no concerns. Net, net, I think will break about even. Another guy, I mean, not a name I'm typically going to highlight out here, but Cole, Cole Beasley. So, I mean, he's damn near flirting at wide receiver two territory with a 27-point position. Uh, yeah, 27 position rank. Guy's been solid for just double-digit points. I think that continues. And again, what I perceive to be a high-scoring game, and everyone's going to perceive to be a high-scoring game with Buffalo versus the Chiefs. Going to continue to scroll here. You continue to have that tight end stack in there. I mean, I can't blame you for that. Going through the rest of your roster, that might be the, 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 the correct thing. I think that is the thing to do. Let's hope it pays off for you. Um, I mean, it's the time where you might have to start considering Lamar Jackson. I mean, he, he's a damn good quarterback, right? I mean, he's been averaging you 25 points. But you got Rodgers sitting there on the bench averaging 35.6 points. Chad Lack, if I'm you, this is the week. And I'm saying this against my Buccaneers defense. I think it's going to be a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. They're both pretty arrogant. They're both going to want to one-up the other one. I think it's time to pull the trigger, flip to Aaron Rodgers. This is what I'll say. Chad, if you start Aaron Rodgers, I'll go ahead and say you can pull the upset. If not, I'm going to go ahead and go with the six-point favorite here in Dirty Van Super Punters. On to the next one, we have Hungry Horny Henry versus Nasty Nate's Greats. Let's scan the roster before it gives spreads. Well, hell's bells. No math needed here. We have a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Hungry, horny, and he he Henry projected at 128 points. The nasty nades greats 125.5. Love it. Love these close matchups. Let's get into it. Let's decide who's going to be taking home the W this week. Who's going to be celebrating? Who's going to be crying? Um, I'll sift through nasty nades great lineup here first. Already had my take on the Falcons, Minnesota. Matt Ryan, I think he should have a decent week this week. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's a guy I've just been waiting. I've just been waiting for that breakout to happen, waiting for a good game. I mean, he's been more than serviceable. So, I mean, he's still been getting into the teens every week but one, waiting for that breakout game. I'm going to call him a shot. Cincinnati, this is going to be the breakout game. You're going to like that. That's going to be good, clean American fun for you. Continue to scroll through this roster. You got a little – you got some Cooper Cup sitting there in your wide receiver spot. That's just fine. Raheem Mostert, let's look at it. Throwing up, I mean, when he's healthy and been playing, which he is back to being healthy, he's been nothing but good. You got to like having him back in the squad. Going to look, see if there's anything in the bench I think you need to be considering. 
Yeah, I think you got your roster set. It looks fine. You're doing good there, Nate Daddy. Uh, Quinn, let's look at it. Um, I, you know, I'm going to say if I need to highlight something there, I'm going to have to highlight shit. I've been highlighting that game. So Adam, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, I don't know the exact way to pronounce it. I'm going to go, I called him Thielen earlier. We'll stick with that. Thielen, uh, against the Falcons position rank two projected 17.6. He's going above that projection. He's going to have himself a nice day against the dirty birds down there in Atlanta. Um, Chase Claypool, can he? Can he have back-to-back big weeks? You're not going to catch that 42 points again in a bottle, but I do think you can get yourself into the teens. I think that's a solid flex rollout there. Um, I would make Brandon Cooks prove it again. You have him on the bench. I'd make him prove it for one more week before you start flirting and considering putting him in your roster. Tough, tough call here. So the two-and-a-half-point favorite to Hungry Horny and Hee Henry I am sitting at the roulette table. Nasty Nate's greats is red. Hungry Horny and Hee Hee Henry is black. I'm going to take my chips and I'm going to slide it on to Hungry Horny and Hee Hee Henry to cover and win this game outright. On to the next matchup. The OBJYN. First to be determined. I haven't highlighted what these games would be. So the last game, that's going to be a little bit of Sunday night football, because it's a close, close game. If that's Sunday night football, this is going to be Monday night football. We got a showdown of the defending champ, the OBJYN, versus to be determined. Both squads sitting at three and two. One team's coming out of this four and two. One team's coming out of this three and three. We're not going to bullshit around the possibility of, of a tie. Both rosters at this point in time are set. The spread, 11.5 point favorite to the OBJYN. Projected 136. Two to be determined, 125. Patrick Mahomes in that game against Buffalo. I have a feeling we have a mad, pissed off Patrick Mahomes. He's going to come out slinging. He's not happy that they lost to the Raiders last week. Scanning through here some more. Um you're rolling Miles Gaskin again against the Jets. Third dumpster fire. Probably not a bad idea. Mike Davis, a little bit of a revenge game. So he got cut by the Bears. Projected 20.9. Uh, you know, the guy's been nothing short of great. I think he can do that. Um, you have to roll all because Darren Waller's on a bye. You have to insert Zach Ertz back in that lineup. I hope Zach Ertz doesn't sink the ship here. Aaron Jones against Tampa Bay. Typically, I'd be a little worried about that. Tampa Bay's front seven's great. Vita got hurt on Thursday night. Not sure what that front seven's going to look like. I mean, he was, to me, the centerpiece of that thing. Plus, you know, Aaron Jones gets involved in passing game. I think he'll be all right. Moving over to Malk Daddy's roster. Right now, he has Alexander Madison plugged in there. That has to make him happy. Dalvin Cook likely not going to play this week due to that growing injury that we saw. Um, hopefully this game, hopefully whatever that positive test was in Atlanta, hopefully that ends up just being a false positive and they get this game going so you can have Madison in there. Robinson versus Detroit, I like that matchup. Cooper against Arizona, I like that matchup. I've already highlighted it. I want to see. Let's let's have a wait and see. Let's see what happens with Andy Dalton in there. He had a poor week last week. Mari Cooper did. I mean, that was prior to 
Dalton even getting in the game. I think his production actually went up when Dalton got in the game. Uh, still, I still want to see what happens there before I give any takes on Cooper. He's a good player. We'll see what happens. Um, overall, looking through these rosters, who am I going to side? An 11-point spread. This is what I'll say. Um, we said this is Monday Night Football. It's going to be a close game. I think the defending champ ultimately pulls this one out. But I think it is going to be closer than 11 points. Going to be a nail-biter. To be determined, it's going to cover that spread. Finishing it off, those last two games were Sunday night and Monday night. This is a showdown of two four and one teams. We're going to have to make this America's Game of the Week. Just so happens that America's Game of the Week in the NFL is the Packers versus the Buccaneers. Who do we have here? I'm the Buccaneers fan, the Boys of Fall versus the Packers fan, the Tomcats. So this is definitely fitting to be and fixing to be America's Game of the Week. Scanning through this, this is very tough to give analysis right now just because Tommy has to get in here set his lineup. So right now we have a 78-point spread. Not going to be what it is when it's all said and done. Tom's got to fill in a quarterback. We'll give him 20 there. We're down to 58 points. He's got to fill in for Tyler Lockett. He's on a bye. He's going to throw Devontae Adams in. There's another 20 points. We're at a 38-point spread. He's got to fill in that defense. We're going to say that's another 8-point. We're at a 30-point spread. Damn you, Tommy. I need a calculator to do this. So we're saying we're at 30 points. Um, I'm going to go through. I got Alvin Kamara on bye. I got I've got Dalvin Cook not playing this week. I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who now has Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. Don't think that's going to matter for this Monday night game. Um, so what am I going to say happens here? 30-point spread is what I'm saying. I'm going to go ahead and say the Tomcats covers that 30-point spread. That's it. That's my peak picks of the week we've been running this marathon um thank you for sticking with me we know it's tradition here on the race to three podcast for me to give betting advice for the thursday night football game there is no thursday night football game tonight there's nothing for us to go tune into after this uh, that that's a bummer but it is what it is but that thursday night football game did get pushed to monday that game being the Kansas City Chiefs traveling out to the Buffalo Bills. So two teams going into last week, they're both undefeated. We're now seeing that four and one records on the year, both coming off of losses, which makes this very difficult for me to pick. Because, um, you know, I'd like to probably choose to bounce back on one. They both can't bounce back this week. I, mean, I guess they can bounce back and have a competitive game. Uh, end of the day, this is in the Bills. We have a spread on this of minus four so the Chiefs are minus four I'm going to go ahead and set it at minus three and a half just so we can't push here so minus three and a half Chiefs are the favorite uh the over under on this this is a high high over under 57 and a half um looking at odd shark here 71 percent of the people like Kansas City to cover this spread and 64% of the population is taking the under there, 57 and a half. Um, both these teams, I, if I'm going to bet my money on who's going to have the bounce back, and I will bet my money on who's going to have the bounce back, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put it into the former or the previous MVP and Patrick Mahomes and that Andy Reid-led Chiefs. 
And I'm going to say they win this thing on the road on Monday night. They come out. They cover the three-and-a-half-point spread here. Typically, I'm a guy that usually hits the unders, especially unders in primetime games. They seem to hit more often than not just because the public loves taking that over. Uh, the public here, they're going 64 in the under. I'm going to be contrarian. I like being contrarian. You guys probably all know that. Give me the Chiefs. Give me that under. That is going to be my wave one of the Monday night games picks. That's all I got for you folks tonight. So thank you for hanging in there with me. Um, Cheers to you guys. Cheers to the league. Catch you on the next episode of the Race to Three podcast. Chicken man in Philly last night. They blow up his house too. Down on the boardwalk, getting ready for a fight. Gonna see what them ragged boys can do. There's trouble busting in from out of state, and the DA can't get no relief. Gonna be a rumble out on the promenade. Money away, but I got debts, no honest man.